no matter what you decide to do, you have to live for it. You have to breathe it. It has to be. It has to be who you are. Welcome to No More Reasonable Doubt, a show focused on helping young professionals of color remove doubt, gain confidence, and have more impact. One important piece to making all this happen is getting exposure to different people and career paths. Today, our special guest is Jude Bernard, who is a real estate entrepreneur, to say the least. Welcome, Jude. Hey, good morning, Mike. Jude, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I know you're a man on the move, so we're going to jump right into the questions. As I mentioned to you earlier, uh, before we started, the audience here is young professionals, and I have no doubt it's also going to get its hands into people who are about to be professionals, so we're also talking about college students. First question for you is, where are you originally from? Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, every day, all day. Um, I was born in Flatbush, Brooklyn, and lived there my entire um, young life, and then I moved to Queens, and then I now live in Jersey. My parents are, are of Haitian descent, so I am a true Flatbush Brooklynite. I love it. I love it. You're the second person, actually, who I, who I just didn't know was from Brooklyn, you know, um, like, I associate you with different places, and I just didn't know originally from Brooklyn. That's awesome. No, it all starts in Brooklyn, you know. Um, to, to quote the great philosopher, where Brooklyn at? It's right here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, tell us a little bit about what you currently do for work. You know, I mentioned real estate entrepreneur, but what is a quote-unquote day-to-day like for you? There are so many different aspects to what I do. Um, first and foremost, I manage my current properties. I always uh, make sure I own about 14 buildings currently, so I always have to make sure that uh, all my tenants are happy. Well, my tenants are happy, they're paying their rent, they're doing everything that they're supposed to do, and that's a result for me doing what I need to do from everything, from making sure that you know, all the units are clean, everything is in working order, and so forth, and all their needs are being met. Um, on another aspect, I am always working on the next project, meaning I'm either doing construction or I'm finishing something up, or if there's a, if there's a sale pending for, um, for one of the buildings I'm, I'm buying or selling, I'm working on the paperwork and um, the logistical stuff um, that, that nobody really seen, the Department of Buildings, the plans, the, um, the running around to make sure that the deals um, close. So basically, my day, my day is pretty much making sure everything is running right. Awesome. Now, where did you, uh, where did you go to school and what did you study? Mike, I actually um, I, I went to school in Brooklyn. Um, my you know my younger years, I went to I, I went I was a real I was a little nutcracker as a kid. So um, I went from school to school for a little while before I found my home at Holy Innocence, which I graduated from. Um, here is something that I have, I'd like to share with you. Um, all parents always threaten their kids that misbehave, that if they don't behave right, they will send them back to the island, and in my case, that island being Haiti. 
Well, um, just wanted to let you know, it's not an idle threat. It could actually happen because I got sent back to Haiti. Wow, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so um, I got sent back to Haiti and um, ended up coming back and, you know, really buckling down and I graduated um, I, I graduated high school from Bishop Ford in Brooklyn, um, and then I went to St. John's University. I went to St. John's. Um, I did the five-year plan, even though it says on paper four years. We got it done in five. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked. I worked in. Uh, excuse me. I got my um, my degree in management, business management. That's what I always wanted to do. Um, after. After I got my degree from St. John's, I started working, and, um, you know, I tried to keep my promise to my parents that I would go back and get my um, MBA, and um, even though I I got accepted to a lot of top-tier schools, I ended up going back to St. John's um, for about a semester and a half before I, I decided that this is really something that was was making me miserable, and I didn't see the value of it. So I ended up just walking away um, without ever getting my MBA. Okay, okay. Talk to us a little bit more about the uh, what, what you saw that wasn't valuable at that time. At, well, by that time, I was in my um, early, early 20s, early to mid-20s, and I had already started working on my real estate path. Um, I knew... I knew that I did not want to work for someone um, for my entire life. I didn't. I didn't know that um, real estate was going to be my thing, but I just knew that I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to be, um, you know, what the, what the kids are quote, calling quote unquote a boss. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and um, the the MBA program. Um, it, it it gives you a lot of of good a lot of good um, good good basics for what you need to to run your business. But at the end of the day, the way I interpreted it, it as it was nothing but um, a requirement to get a job and to further your career. And mm. um, since since that was not what I wanted, it was kind of like a waste of my time. That's how I interpreted it. It doesn't necessarily make it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, I am reading. You know that that my interpretation is for everyone. It's just my personal interpretation that you know what I really don't need this. That makes plenty of sense. Now, are you doing what you thought you'd be doing after college? Um, in kind of, you know, ideally, I I always thought I'd probably end up like running. Running some sort of hosp- running something in the hospitality industry, you know, having a bar or a hotel or something like that, where I I got to interact with a lot of people, um, and but I knew I knew that I wanted to be my own boss, you know, make my own hours and and pretty much report to myself and have full accountability to myself as opposed to someone else. Um, I did not necessarily know that real estate would be the path that that I I went to. Um, it, it, I just kind of fell into it, 
you know, um, and it became something that I was doing for supplementary income, and then it, you know, it, it morphed into something much greater than that. Talk to me about um, the path from college to what you're currently doing now, because it sounds like um, you, you know, hey, graduated, did a little bit of the MBA, uh, already had property, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume at that point you weren't a boss, but from there to boss, bosshood, take, take us down that path. Okay. Well, when I graduated, um, I went on two job interviews only, and I got I ended up getting both jobs. I I got offered a job at Goldman Sachs as a um, junior analyst, you know, entry level position into the world of of banking and finance and investment banking and stuff like that. And the other job that I got was got offered was. Um, working at Verizon. Now, Verizon was going to be a as a technician, you know, where I, I wore jeans and sneakers every day and I climbed a pole and I knocked on doors and things of that nature. Now, although it was very, the other job was very glamorous, very glamorous and um, had a lot of um, upside potential, I just... Um, was not looking forward to that corporate environment, that that stringent corporate environment. So um, I ended up working at Verizon, and a few months later, I ended up becoming a manager there. Actually, became a manager, I think, in a record time. I think maybe less than six months after I've been I've been there, and um, I worked at Ver- I ended up working at Verizon for ten years. Um, during the time at Verizon. Um, my um my the money that I was making was just not enough to um have a good time and party it, it was the nineties it was it was a bad boy era there was a party every night so um my salary at at Verizon just wasn't cutting it so what I was looking for was some supplementary income to just kind of you know give me a little extra extra push. And um, what I ended up doing was I ended up picking up a property, um, ended up picking up a property with the goals of, you know, just maybe an extra $500 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, one property turned to two, to three, to four, and, and you know, kept expert, you know, property values were going up, rents were going up, and um, by the time that they they decided that they no longer needed me at Verizon, um my income from my rents and and um, my my net worth from my um, properties had made it so that that my um, Verizon money had was like my play around money. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I always um, I always laughed at the fact one time Shaquille O'Neal said in an interview how um, he, he, he doesn't even really touch his, his NBA check, you know, his check that um, I think it was the, the Magic, Orlando Magic at the time when it was paying him. It's like, you know, um, the endorsement deals were, were supposed to be like something extra, but the endorsement deals were so much 
that now they dwarfed his NBA check, and and his NBA check became his play around money, and his endorsements became the, the real thing. So that's kind of that's kind of like what happened with me. So um, when when the company decided that they no longer needed my services, mm-hmm. and I'm putting that very nicely. Um, <laughs> um, when the company decided that they no longer needed my services, um, I had already been in the full swing of running a, a, a real estate company. So um, I was able to transition very, very nicely from um, from doing it part-time to full-time. Now, someone listening here uh, may be interested in what you have done or what you're doing. What advice would you give someone who aspires to do what you do? Um, I'd kind of give them a couple of pieces of advice. Um, The first piece of advice that I would give them is to, one, um, go hard. You know, you and I... You and I discuss this offline all the time about um, the work ethic. You know, um, it's like no matter what, no matter what you want, no matter what you want to do, you have to be, um, you have to put the work in more than everybody else. Um, same way, the same way that Steph Curry is is taking, you know, like three or four hundred shots before the basketball game. Same way that. Um, that you know, like great artists like um, Jay Z or or Prince, they have stockpiles and stockpiles and stockpiles of music that you never heard before because that's all they do. They're constantly honing their craft. You know, you you no matter what you decide to do, you have to live for it. You have to breathe it. It has to be. It has to be who you are. You know, when um, it has to be what you do. So um, that would be number one. And number so I'm hearing, two, not to interrupt, uh, in number one, I'm hearing a hustle hard, whatever hustle you pick. Exact, exactly. Exactly. Cool. And, All right, on to number two. And number two, I would say, is you have to, your, your character, you know, um, your character, you have to, Always, always be that good guy. You know, you can never. You know, there's there's no shortcuts. Your relationships, you can't you can't do anyone dirty because um, everyone, everybody can can be an asset at some point or another. And you don't need to make enemies. You don't need to to have your reputation. You always have to safeguard your reputation and your integrity. You know, and and um, and. I think, um, Mike, you, you follow me on social media, so I, you know, I always brag about the fact that I've never done any anyone dirty. You know, I, I've never, um, I've never stolen, I've never lied, you know, to, to gain, to gain what I, you know, what I need, and people know that, and people know that, and they they trust that, and they know that um, it's, you know, doing business with me is safe. They, you know, there's so many other risks and variables out there that you never really want to, um, you never want to, to have that extra thing to worry about. So, those are the two pieces of advice: hustle hard, and and keep it real. 
Awesome, man. Thanks for that, you. Thank you. Are there any uh, unspoken wisdom that you've discovered in your career field? Oh, um, you got to always pay attention. There's always signs. You know, um, any anytime you're watching watching a movie and something, nothing ever just happens out the blue. You know, like um, whether it's Jurassic Park and 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 you're you're watching the 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 water ripples that's letting you know that the that the um, dinosaur is coming, or um, you're watching Game of Thrones and there, you know, um, you know somebody says something before. Um, and next thing you know, um, next thing you know, you find out that it's it's dragon's fire or a dragon ice that 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 can kill White Walkers. I'm a Game of Thrones head, by the way. <laughs> so, so there's there's always you know you always have to look look to see um, like where things are going and and look out for the the little subtle. The little subtle things, because you never know how the little subtle, like something very subtle could, could um, like impact you, you know, either positively or adversely. You know, one of the things you and I always joke about is my hair weave business. And, um, you know, um, in 2008, 2009, the, um, the real estate market was at its lowest point, you know, and I was taking a beating. And um, I needed to do. I needed. I needed cash. You know, I needed. Um, although I, you know, um, the equity was there, but the markets were were not allowing you to um, take pull cash out of properties anymore. Um, I had this pool party, and um, at the at, after the party, I was cleaning my filters, and I saw all this hair weave, like loose hair weave, in uh, in my filters. And I was saying to myself, I can't believe this. You know, what what girl came in here with her hair weave, and um, and and plugged up my filters. So as I was looking through the um, the pictures of the party, not not necessarily to find the culprit, but I was you know kind of curious to to who did it. I realized that it wasn't one person that was wearing a hair weave. It was dozens and dozens of people wearing hair weaves which clogged up my filters. And I said, Wow You know, this is this is something that everybody everybody uses. You know, um a lot of a lot of people use. Let me do some research into it. Um well me doing research ended up ended up being me going to India and finding a quote unquote connect um and then I started. I ended up starting my own hair weave company called Select Strands, you know. And I did that for about four years until um, the real estate market picked back up. And then I could. I went back to doing what I do, um, what I do best. So I love that story, man. <laughs> yeah. So it's pay attention because you never know. You never know where the um, where the um, Opportunities may be, but if you have blinders on and, and you, if you have blinders and your headphones on and not paying attention, things will will pass right by you. So many times, um, like in hindsight, we said, "Man, I, you know that was right there. If I if if I would have known, 
if I would have known, I would have gotten, I would have done this. Or if I, if I knew this was going to happen, I would have done that. But there were signs there. You just, you just were not paying attention. Jude, where, where did you learn the art of making a deal? Um, because there's something around, I remember a while back watching something that had like the top couples. They were showing the top financial couples who made the most money and it ended up being like uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce was one and then Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith were like two. It was like those two. And one guy made this comment uh, about how, you know, these guys always had the artistry, but now they know they've learned the art of making the deal. Where did you learn the art of making the deal? Like, well, everybody wants something, you know. Like life is a trade, you know. Whether um, whether somebody wants time, whether they want money, whether they want something of value, everybody wants something, and everybody wants is willing to trade something for for, for another. Now, um, the question I've asked all the time, you know, sometimes I ask it out loud. And sometimes I, you know, just keep it internally. The question is, when I'm interacting with somebody, what do you want? You know, what's your goal? And um, and once you know what what somebody wants, you know, now to complete the sort of transaction, your question has to be. What am I willing to give? What am I willing to give? You know, what what am I willing to trade? Like, um, do they have something that I want as well? Everything is transactional. It's it's basically um, what what do I have that you want? What do you have that I want? And are we um, can we sit down and come to a point where where we can um, work out the details for the exchange. And sometimes it's possible and sometimes it isn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you have something that I, I want, but, there's, but I have nothing that you want, so there's no, there's no, um, there's no, there's no um, reason to, to continue. Mm-hmm. You know, and, th- and this, th- that basic, that is like the basic thing between, um, between human beings. And it, it goes from, from me wanting to buy your house, you want, wanting to, um, to, to, um, to do some sort of business transaction to me, with me. Or we could take it real simple, like it goes to um, me approaching a young lady um, at the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what do you want? What are you looking for? And do I have it? And here's what I'm looking for. Hey, you're looking for conversation, intelligent conversation um, with, with, you know, somebody, somebody, um, some, somebody smooth and debonair. Hey, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know? And then we can, you know, we could, we could trade. Right, right. That's um, that's simple and profound at the same time, man. Yeah. At the same time. Uh, so, if you had to recommend a book, maybe one that's had a big impact on your life, Jude, what would you recommend for the people? 
Um, well, recently, recently, I um, I would have to say the um, the autobiography of Steve Jobs by Walter Isaac. Hmm. I think that's you know what I think that's the author's name. I'm not sure, but um, the autobiography of Steve Jobs, and, and it lets you know it lets you see the desire, the will, and 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 um, the ability to to see opportunities when people don't see them, and that's where the value is. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's the true trick right there. You know. Um, and it goes back to the what what do you want? You know? Like so if if somebody wants a hundred dollars for something and you see the value of it being worth a thousand, that's you know, that's where um things happen. That's where life changes. But um and I think Steve Jobs had a great gift of seeing seeing the true value of things. So when people wanted, you know, when people wanted um, like payment, and when I say payment, I'm not just talking about like financial. But when people wanted things that were significantly undervalued, undervalued of what the potential and what he saw, you know. And I think that would be a great, a great book, a great book um, for people to read. Thanks for that, Jude. How can the people uh, connect with you? Well, um, currently I'm on I'm on Facebook. Um, I I'm going to get myself together sooner or later and, and start a website. Um, but on Facebook, I'm just Jude Bernard. Um, there's a couple of Jude Bernards out there, but I'm the one with the um, with, with the um, what do you call that? Um, avatar. I will not lose. Mm-hmm. You know, which is my which is my catchphrase, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's perfect. And let me tell you, people, you want to follow Jude, uh, you want to connect with him on Facebook because there's your NBA. <laughs> you want an NBA? Follow Jude. You want great stories? Uh, you, you want to follow Jude? Uh, at some point, Jude, we'll we'll have you talk about sending a sending a cell phone to Jamaica. And getting that property because that's another unbelievable uh, uh, story. Actually, if you do, you have a couple minutes. I'd love for you to sure. share that story because it's like it's the. It, it, I think it it sums up a lot of what you were saying in terms of hustle how others aren't. Don't accept kind of what's conventional the way things are supposed to be done. Okay, so so basically, um, there was this. Um, this property, you know, this valuable property that I was trying to acquire, um, and nobody knew. Well, nobody knew how to get in touch with the the owner, and I came to find out that the owner um, had went to Jamaica, this, that, the other. So um, I tracked down I tracked down the owner, and um, I actually flew out to Jamaica to meet them and to work, you know, work out a deal. And um, what I did. Well, and she told me that she didn't have a phone, which is why, you know, uh, I guess nobody called her and this, that, the other. So I actually brought her a phone so I could communicate with her, um, like, while we were negotiating this transaction. 
and um, she wanted to sell, but she wasn't around. So everybody, everybody else got got stuck with the roadblock, roadblock of, oh, she's not around. So um, I actually invested in myself. Excuse me, I invested in the deal and flew out to Jamaica, knowing that nothing was promised. But I, I flew out to Jamaica. Um, I brought her a cell phone, and we worked out the details. Um, she now had a phone, I'm, and I was the only one with the phone number, like as far as real estate <laughs> guys. So, you know, worked it all out, and um, boom. Um, I ended up making about a million dollars on that deal. That's a beautiful story, man. Hey, hey Jude, if you don't mind me asking, how in heaven's name did you contact her when no one else could? Like, how did you find her? Um, I... I, what did I do? Um, I and if went, it's trade I secret, went, you can tell me that too. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I did the legwork, man. I did the legwork. They told me, um, they told me where, like, where in Jamaica she was, and you know, I called people. You know, you, you can't hide it. You know, you can't hide in the digital world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's um, taking the extra step, but. The, the only advantage I had over everybody else was that I was willing to to fly out to Jamaica and um, get the deal done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 uh, that's an unbelievable story, man. That's an unbelievable story, and it's a great way for us to end end off. So, Jude, I appreciate you taking the time to share both your time and wisdom with with the people, man. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right. Now, if you are a young professional of color looking for support and looking to have more impact, I invite you to apply to be a member of No More Reasonable Doubt. You can find us at nomoreasonabledoubt.com. Our goal is to take you from invisible to invincible. Peace. Peace.